The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but they will make you smile. And if you don't think you need to smile, well, then you are blessed indeed, because many of us are like going, oy vey. Oy vey, and we need to smile. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. I don't know, how bad is the uh, love of many that's being disappeared? How bad is that getting? How bad is it? It's getting worse and worse. You know it. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't if we decide not to be doers of the word. But on the other hand, if we want to be doers, we will use these life lessons of faith and help us draw closer to the Lord and bring more honor and glory to him in everything we say and do. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Uh, Again, because our our payment cleared. That's why we have a show. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome! To the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. And we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian about the reality check that we are justified by the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, but sometimes we say and do dumb things. Sometimes a radio host doesn't even get the introduction right. Can you believe it? It's incredible, isn't it? It's one of those things that does happen. Here's the bottom line. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, if you have a praise report or a prayer request, you just want to ask a question, just kind of have other people bounce bounce it around, get some ideas on it. What we encourage you to do is not let it die of loneliness. This is not your church. It's a fellowship, and we fellowship together on the radio, through the air, the best we can, and we hope to encourage and strengthen one another as we see the day approaching. All you have to do is give us a call, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And filling in for Captain Chris today is our amazing Jen. It's amazing. Is it amazing? It is. And you're so fantastic. I never even blink. When you have to do it, like to fill in, Mm -hmm. I don't don't even blink. It's like, okay, perfect. You know, because you are that good. And when you talk to her, folks, it's amazing. There you go. I'll take my dollar after the show. Thank you very much. Do you take a check? Uh, Does it bounce? No comment. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just deposit it on Friday. Okay. (laughs) 
after I leave, right? That's good. Uh, you can also text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org, which leads us to the website. A couple things to tell you about that. There is a link to the book on the website. It's 99 cents if you have a Kindle kind of, uh, you know, some kind of reader. It's also free if you have Kindle Unlimited. And I'm redoing that link, but I will tell you that there's a latest version. And so if you go in any way, shape, or form to Amazon, you want to go to the September version. It's just as easy as I can put it. It will be definitely be a blessing for you to read, and if not, we'll give you your money back. That's how confident we are, uh, and you can spend up to $6.95 on an actual print book because, you know, that's how we are. And additionally, there are audios, there's video, there's an opportunity to give, and there's an opportunity to laugh a little bit on the website, try and enjoy it. There's some pictures of the people that listen to the show. We just want you to have a good time and draw closer into the Lord. Check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Now, as most of you know, we were not here yesterday. Where were we? We were not here yesterday. That's where we were. And uh, that's our way of saying we weren't here. So I want to make sure you understand that. In the meantime, we're going to dive into the Gospel of Matthew as we've been doing on Tuesdays. Have some very cool, very challenging stuff. I'm hoping this will be a blessing. And I'm certainly hoping that the Lord will encourage you throughout this process. It says this as we get into the Matthew Matthew Gospel. It says this in chapter 4, verse 23. Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria. Okay, a couple things to jump into and to recognize. First and foremost, once Jesus had gone through the temptation. Now he's in his public ministry. He's got disciples. Things are rolling. This is what many people in the big theological realms call the really favorable time. He's getting ready to do the Sermon on the Mount. So it's going to be one of the most recognized writings. It is, in fact, the most recognized writing ever in regards to a speech or in regards to some kind of sermon. And so he's getting ready to do that. And before he gets to that point on the Sermon on the Mount, he begins in Galilee. Uh, there's some questions as to how many people. Was it very publicly oriented? Really? Does it matter? No. He began teaching in the synagogue and preaching the good news. Some people understand the teaching part to be all the stuff that took place in the synagogue and the preaching part to be stuff that stuff that took place in the open air. And then, okay. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, if you want to uh, think along those terms, that's fantastic. There's no issue there. Here's the couple things that we need to catch. He began teaching in the synagogue, so he didn't avoid the temple. He went to the temple. A lot of Christians avoid the temple. Stop doing that. That's not maturity. And he also preached the good news uh, wherever he went. I remember one of the first times that my brother and I and Larry and Bruce, four Jews from Detroit, went to Encanto Park 
in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, there was they had the Encanto Band Shell. And it was kind of, you know, you'd rent it or whatever, and it was at nighttime, nothing was happening. And I jumped up there because we were pretty uh, wild, and there's nobody there or anything. And I just started preaching to nobody. <laughs> Why? Why not? It was fun, right? About 20 minutes later, there's about 35 or 40 people, and they started gathering. And it was so weird because you would never think that that would happen, especially nowadays. You'd be wrong. It happens still the same way it happens then. So Jesus is out there. He's teaching in the synagogues. He's preaching to the public. He's talking to them about one of the most important elements there is. It's the good news of the kingdom. Again, if God wants to come into your life and bring to you all the bad news that's there, I think you and I would both acknowledge that wouldn't be hard to do. It wouldn't be hard for God to read our mail or our email and go, this, 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 and this. But that's not the first thing that Jesus is trying to communicate. Jesus knows that we're having some problems. Okay, He's not, he's not unaware. He's one of us. And he comes and he brings good news, something that's uplifting. All I'm going to say is, if you go on the internet, if you watch television, if you read magazines, if you read books, if you're into the political spectrum, there is no good news. <laughs> it's just like zero. Okay? None. And anytime somebody has good news, the other side says it's bad news. Anytime somebody has bad news, the other side says it's good news. And it's like they don't know what's going on. Here's the good news that comes from God. He has a message from you and me, for you and me. You know this tension that exists between us and God? Over in Jesus. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ. There is redemption with God through Jesus Christ. I was doing my study uh, yesterday in Romans chapter 3, and everybody goes to Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's we should be quoting that. That's a great passage. But I will tell you, if you really want to get encouraged in the faith, go to Romans chapter 3 and read verse 21 and 22 first, which teaches us clearly in Jesus Christ, our sins are wiped away. It's like, oh, I like that. I got enough sins. I need some of that stuff. And so Jesus comes and he's preaching the good news to people. He's teaching in the synagogues. He's preaching to the people. And what we're going to get into, especially in this next segment, is that he was healing disease and sickness. What is it that man does when, when they cannot handle the supernatural? What is it that we do? We reduce it to some kind of scientific explanation so that nobody has to give an account that there was divinity involved. Nobody has to give an account that there's uh, God communicating in a miraculous context. And so when we uh, we come back from our break, I'm just telling you ahead of time because you're not going to believe some of the things I'm going to tell you. Yeah, the, the idea that Jesus was preaching and teaching, there's a whole group of people out there that say, yeah, but when he was healing diseases and sicknesses, that was more social stuff. It's like, I I'm, I almost get speechless, which for me is a miracle. And I just think, let me, let me see if I can do this. See Dick run. See Jane run. See Jesus heal disease. See Jesus heal sickness. Don't see Jesus fed people because it doesn't say that there. It says it's somewhere else, but not there. And what I want you to know is with the good news, Jesus backed up 
what he had to say. He said, guess what? There's fellowship. There's peace between you and God. It's going to come through the redeeming work that I'm doing, and I'm going to back up what I have to say. I'm going to tell you the truth, and then I'm going to show you power that breaches the natural realm with supernatural authority. That's what he did. All right, we come back. We're going to look into that real deep. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip. And, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David... Alone, I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone. The question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's, and, and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. Welcome back. 
to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Boy, that piece right there by John Maxwell, that's some good stuff. He's that guy. He knows leadership, I can tell you that. (laughs) He is something else. All right, uh, what do we got? We got our Bible trivia. We're getting ready to do our Bible trivia. Not the easiest trivia you have ever heard me do. That's a nice way to say that. Why did Jesus' friends wait until Sunday before coming to anoint Jesus' body with spices? Why did the friends wait until Sunday before they came and anointed him with the spices? That's the question. Don't get overly technical. Try and stay in the norm. If you think you know the answer, you can call in at 972-445-0770, or you can text in at 214-210-8483, and then you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. The answers are coming in already on the text, and they are all correct thus far, which tells me, okay, that was probably not the worst question to ask. That's good. Uh, let's do a quick DNA, DNA real fast if we can. Uh, DNA, are you good for that? Are we all right for that? I'm just dropping it on you. Okay, that was nice, nice of me. I should have prepared her. Anyway, D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. I like your enthusiasm when you do Thank that. Thank you. It's just like, Daily. I mean, when Jesus said, you know, give us this day our daily bread, when he was teaching people to pray, that tells you everything you got to know. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 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 never. And then A, always be ready to serve. To serve. Because that demonstrates your willingness to be yielded, surrendered to God, but also aware of other people. See, that's a good see, that's a good thing to do, right? That's what the Lord wants us to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbors, love yourself. All right, uh, once again, then we'll dive into it. Why did Jesus' friends wait until Sunday before coming to anoint Jesus' body with spices? Keep it simple. Everybody who's responding is doing a great job. We're going to leave it there. I want to go into the rest of this teach. Uh, if somebody calls him, we'll cut through, but not until. So Jesus, because he's gene, he's a genius, Jesus the genius, oh, I like that, uh, began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And then the news about him spread throughout Syria couple things to key in on on this little portion right here. One of the things that Jesus did is he healed people who had disease and sickness. I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but there are some people that believe that this was social intervention. Eh, Wrong answer. (laughs) Okay, Social intervention is when you're feeding people, when you're clothing people, when you're housing people. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not speaking against that. Don't get weird on me. But you got to you have to separate one of the things that Jesus did that was different than anybody else. He didn't come and make a proclamation and then go, "Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat." He changed the way that life was for people by declaring the truth and then by backing it up with the miraculous. 
Jesus didn't just teach and preach, he healed. And Jesus just didn't heal in the sense of spiritually, he healed physically. I'm going to ask you a question, just be honest. So let's say you have something seriously going on. Many of us at one time or another have had some serious trouble or serious struggles, okay? Even if they're not, weren't necessarily life and they're serious enough. And if, and if you were there at that time and Jesus touched you and you became 100% well, not leftover well, 100% well, would you pay a little more attention to what he has to say? <laughs> I believe you would. Here's why that takes place. Because with the declaration of the word of God is the declaration of the power of God. How do you know that? Just look at at, at, at throughout the entire process of Jesus sending his disciples in the Gospels. Look at the end of Mark where it says that God confirmed his word by doing miracles through the apostles. Oh, but Dave, some people don't think the end of Mark really counts. We'll tell that to Irenaeus who quoted it in the second century. That's a whole separate issue. That's bibliology. We'll get into that another time. Here's the bottom line. God doesn't just say cool stuff. He does cool stuff. So I want to read just a couple of comments from scholars way beyond me. I mean, this is not, you're talking about people that are way beyond me. And uh, one of the things is Jesus ministers to his hearers both physically and spiritually. Many conservative Christians rightly stress personal conversion, but wrongly ignore the desperate physical needs around them. That is some, that's some great saying from, from one of many scholars. It's to understand that with that gospel came the demonstration of the gospel. It wasn't just what Jesus said. It's also what he did. And in fact, if it's just what he said, then his doing of his own sacrifice, uh, his sacrificing his own life, would then leave us separated from God. So that doing is critical, not just in the presentation for Jesus, but in your Christian walk and in my Christian walk. Can't just be talkers, got to be doers. And there's this weird little statement. I kind of find it to be fascinating in this day and age of, of social media. This statement that's made, Jesus is going around, he's in the synagogues preaching, he's in the open air teaching, he's healing, how many? Every disease and sickness, everybody that comes to him, he's healing. And you think, well, if that person really had the gift of healing, why don't they just go to a hospital? Jesus only went to one hospital one time of their time and only healed one person there. That's just a vague argument. It doesn't mean anything. But in verse 24, it says, the news about him spread throughout Syria. And I want to talk to you about this because this is a very bizarre, I'm going to tell you something that's kind of bizarre, but I want you to kind of think it through with me. There was no mass media. They did have actually a form of a postal service, not the way that we do, but they had a form of a postal service. But one of the things that takes place is when the Lord is working and it's active, there's this unbelievably deep dynamic where the truth of what God is doing blazes through society. 
And here in a society where there could have been as many as, I mean, it could have been as many as like a million and a half people in the in the regions from a 70-mile parameter, this information that Jesus was doing these things blazed through even to another country. If God wants to get a message spread, he doesn't have to check with Mark Zuckerberg or with uh, anybody else in Amazon or CBS or NBC or ABC. He doesn't have to check with CNN or Fox or MSNBC or anybody. God has a wonderful capacity to reach people. How wonderful is it? When the return comes, you're not going to find out that Jesus has come back on the news. You're going to know like everybody else is going to know. And one of the things that I really enjoy about the Lord is, you know, people are like, well, you know, you got to do this in order to get the message across. And you got to take this position and you got to be in this social media and you got to be in the. All Jesus did was demonstrate the true power of God. And everybody else became his PR person. That's the power of God. That's the way that God does things. That's the operation of the Lord. Man always thinks he knows what's best and how to do it best. But in a moment, demonstrating a true work, Jesus lit the countryside on fire. Because he spoke the truth and he demonstrated and backed it up by what he did. And if you think about that and you think about all the things that we think are dependent, we think are necessary, you begin to realize the sovereignty of God is so dramatically greater than any of the wisest things that mankind does. If the Lord wants you to do something that reaches a certain amount of people, he doesn't need anybody or anything else to accomplish that goal. You can do it all by himself. He that speaketh the universe into existence, speaks matter into being, can promote whatever he wants. Even in Psalm 75, promotion comes not from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. That's the great thing about God. And so the good news is spreading. Jesus is getting ready to do this big sermon, Sermon on the Mount. Before he gets there, though, just a, just a little before he gets there, he's just laying it out, the truth. He's laying out the good news. He's, he's praying over people. They're getting healed. Diseases are disappearing. Sicknesses are being cured. And God is being praised in the process. You know who gets the glory when it's the Lord? Jesus is giving the glory to the Father. Always. Just think of it in that way. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Okay, answer to the trivia question, why did Jesus' friends wait until Sunday before coming to anoint Jesus' body with spices? And that's because the anointing with spices was regarded as a work. And because it was regarded as a work, it was forbidden to do on Saturday, which is or was the Sabbath. There you go. All right, folks, we're going to take our break right here. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Destroying everyone and everything we find. 
What is the David Spoon experience? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. <laughs> you think three words? Come on, Dave. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher, or it doesn't matter if your translation says master, rabbi, it doesn't matter. She said, Mary. She, she responded, master, Lord. You see, the resurrected Jesus Christ speaks the name of his sheep. And Jesus knows your name. My sheep, Jesus said, know my voice. And they hear me. And you were going along in your journey. Maybe you were young and you were in church. Maybe you were young and somebody brought it to you. Maybe you were in middle, the middle part of your life. Maybe in the later part of your life. But at some point... Jesus said your name. He said, David, Tierra, Tiffany, Noel, Joshua, Ashley. At some point, he called your name. The risen Messiah spoke your name to you. You know what? That's when you said, yes, Lord. Yes, Master. Yes, Rabboni. It's the most powerful moment because it's the moment that the divine Messiah speaks to you and pulls you from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into another kingdom, the kingdom of light. It is the moment that changed everything. And uh, Billy Graham had a really good piece on it. Said Some people can really define that moment. Some people can't. Doesn't matter. It happened for those that, well, it's kind of like a metamorphosis, but it happened. And in the economy of God, it happens more specifically. And maybe the person doesn't know the date. I know my date, but maybe the person doesn't know the date they said yes to Jesus. But there was a moment where Jesus called your name and you said yes. And that was the beginning of your understanding of his depth of love.